0: welcome to episode 13 of the fitness simplified podcast on today's episode i interview online coach chad hargrove so if you're at all interested in fat loss or building muscle you've got to check out chad's instagram infographics he does a phenomenal job of depicting visually concepts about nutrition and how to gain muscle and how to work out in such a clear way today chad and i talk a lot about calories in calories out is weight loss really that simple Check it out! So excited to be able to welcome Chad Hargrove to the Fitness Simplified podcast today. Chad, hello.
1: Hey, how you doing?
0: I'm good. Good, good, good. Hey, where are you calling from today? Are you in Toronto?
1: I am. Uh, no, I'm back in Ottawa. I'm. Uh, You're in Ottawa. <laughs> I'm. I'm literally at my parents' place in their spare bedroom. Okay. Uh, Trying to uh, trying to make a move right now. So I've been in Toronto uh past couple of weeks and uh another failed attempt trying to get a uh get an apartment down there or get a condo down there. Uh, okay.
0: So you're just back from a big adventure in Europe, right? Yeah.
1: So I've I've I haven't spent I haven't spent one more than one week in the same place for the last I think five or six weeks. I was in uh I was in Amsterdam and uh Croatia for a bit and then uh got yeah, that got to be a little bit too much on the road, so I came home.
0: Okay, so Amsterdam and Croatia, and then back home. Exactly. Very cool. Yeah. So, Chad, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us what you do, why you do it, that kind of stuff.
1: I am a – well, I'm, I'm not a personal trainer anymore, technically. I'm not working with people one-on-one uh, in person anymore, but uh, an online fitness coach. I've been doing it for – I've been doing that side of the thing for about – Oh, what are we talking like? Officially over two years now. Um, mm-hmm. I think two years as of November 1st. Um, so completely online now working with clients one-on-one, which is all I do mm-hmm. and, um, why I do it. Oh God. I think I just, uh, it comes down to just thinking that I can do it right and provide a better avenue for growth and fitness for people. Whereas I think they get caught up a little bit too much in, uh, um you know all the stuff out there that kind of just leads people astray hardcore dieting that type of stuff I think we see a lot of the same things and it's just a matter of getting people into a better headspace over this stuff
0: I love that I love that now have you always had a good attitude about nutrition has that been something that comes easy to you was fitness just a part of who you were or is this something that's been kind of a learned thing for you as well
1: yeah like I messed it up in a lot of different ways and I got into it pretty early like I, I Like, I I would have had a, like, I see a lot of people thinking they have a problem. How do I explain this? Um, You know, I get a lot of people who don't have a weight problem who think they have, like, a weight problem. Like, they need to be dieting when they, like, they're not overweight whatsoever. Um, I probably fell into that camp as, like, a 13, 14-year-old with, like, you know, a certain level of body image issues. The way that like, I think is pretty normal. I never got to an extent where it became a massive problem. But I was taking an interest in this stuff, I think, before you'd even really want someone to take an interest in it. Like 1314 13, 14 year olds, I'm like bringing, like having my mom cook me chicken breast and eating it dry just because like, I'm starting to learn about nutrition and, you know, kind of doing it all. Like the little, a bit, a little hardcore. I'm like leaving, leaving the shaker bottles in my friend's cars through high school and stuff. And just, like, just, just a little bit too much mm. um, at that stage in life. And I think like I, I learned how to be a little bit too, caught up in it which over time led to a more intelligent approach i think so i never got really bad with it, got it. but now were you um, were you thinking you were
0: overweight or were you trying were you a skinny guy trying to gain weight when you were 13 which of those
1: i would have been so i i was always around i mean when i got through high school i would have sat somewhere between like five ten to you know 6 1 where i am now mm-hmm. and my body weight through high school i mean early on you know that's like grew a ton i mean i might have started high school at like 150 and then ended at like you know 190 or something but like through my like post puberty i guess i was probably somewhere like once probably around 180 to 175 to 190 in my in my latter years of high school um which is not like overweight yeah I wanted to be in the. Sh- like, I was an athlete. I ad- identified with having a more athletic body, that type of stuff. So, um, I wasn't there, and I probably thought weight loss was my mm-hmm. uh, was my. I talked to a lot of guys who'll like DM DM me now. They're like fourteen years old. They've got a little fat. I'm like, just use these years to like not diet mm-hmm. and add muscle, um, and things will go a lot better. And that's probably the route I should have ta- taken. And I think, you know, the more I dieted and the more I did that stuff, I think it kind of like. It did lead down to some paths of like some bingy behaviors and, and, um, you know, probably thinking I had to be more hardcore with it, which, which ended up being like a guy that was just like really good Monday through Thursday and then like pretty brutal from Friday to Sunday, Okay, Uh, which is, you know, again, something we probably see a ton. Yeah, for
0: sure. So the people you're saying that you talk to a lot who feel like they have a weight problem, um, they need to diet, but they don't really need that. You don't think they need to, but they feel they do. Split pretty evenly, women men. Are you do you see this more with a female population? Or are you seeing it both ways?
1: Um, you pro well. I mean, my bias on that is probably skewed just because, like you know, like yourself, like most of my most of my following is women, especially most of the part of my following to so the questions I get. So it seems to come up more prevalently. I would say, like if it was equal, probably still would be more women. Okay, because. Um, like there isn't quite as much of a a desire for men to be skinny and I think like the word skinny is like slowly getting out but there's still a, a desire for women to be smaller mm-hmm. um even if they don't even if they're like not big or like you know n- not in a position to need to be smaller they still want to be smaller whereas like at a certain point a guy doesn't want to be smaller um And I I think a lot of the people, like, when you get into fitness and you're asking people questions and the questions I take and stuff, like, it usually comes when people have gotten to a point where they just need to ask, like, they don't know. Most of the time with guys, I find it's like, you know, the guy is 50 pounds overweight Mm -hmm. or he's very underweight.
0: Gotcha.
1: Uh, Whereas women can come in a lot of different uh, shapes and sizes, I guess.
0: Got it. And so I guess two things not that you're going to have a definitive answer to this first one but i'm curious to hear your take on it where do you think this comes from that all these women think like i need to diet and you look at them and think you probably don't need to lose weight where do you think that comes from
1: um well i mean like depending on the time you talk to me i could like you know put on a tinfoil hat and get all (laughs) All All right let's do that yeah oh god um but no like i just like i mean I, i think it Oh man, do yeah, you really want me to? Like, I just think a lot of it comes down to just what moves dollars in the world. Yeah. Um. Uh, you know, and I, I think like, uh, oh, God, uh, like, I don't even feel like I should be the one saying this, but like, I think a lot of a lot of our problems today come like, you know, and I'm not, I'm not complaining about capitalism, but I just think in a lot of cases, what drives dollars drives decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, making people think that they have problems that they don't necessarily have um you know takes money out of people's wallets to fix problems um and i think like human nature has a tendency to want to fix those problems quickly rather than take more long-term approaches which is usually the right approach Mm -hmm. and end up in these merry-go-rounds where um people continue to try but get nowhere um now i'm getting off track no no I'm, i i you're...
0: I think you're spot on there i i would totally agree with everything you just said there and the reason i ask you i know you're like oh well who am i to talk about this i'm a guy you work with all these women so that's why i you know i think it's interesting yeah. to hear your perspective
1: yeah i think yeah like in a well i, I was i was more pointed towards the talk about capitalism ah deep rooted things that i think like you know might be better for uh you know, might, might be something I'd want to hear from like an authority mm-hmm. um, more than like, you know, myself, like, who's obviously coaching people and like, who's seen as an expert from from his clients, but like, something I'd almost be I'd get a kick more out of hearing someone like who I look up to in the industry saying that stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, I think when it comes down to it, like, and I and I joked about the tinfoil hat, the conspiracy stuff, but, um, you know. Like businesses and, and you know, and commerce make decisions based on what moves dollars. And it's not like we're gonna screw everyone up. But when it comes down to when when you're making decisions based on numbers that create money, you make decisions based on what does that better. And 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 a lot of times they aren't great things.
0: that's, that's interesting. So a few weeks ago I had a woman on the podcast, her name is Dana Sukau and she's an eating disorder activist. And one of the things that she was talking about is that when women have these feelings of like, I need to lose weight, or they, they sense an insecurity, that a question they should ask themselves is, who benefits from me feeling this way about myself? Who profits from me feeling this way? Yeah. And I thought that was such an interesting approach to take.
1: Yeah, <laughs> some so some some fat cats with suits probably
0: absolutely <laughs> absolutely but it's not always, it's not always so obvious because it feels like it's coming from inside of us not necessarily from pressure from outside because it just it's a a voice that as women we hear coming from inside our head Yeah. And we're not necessarily aware of where that voice came from
1: yeah yeah
0: so um okay so you know you know when you were in Europe did you notice anything different about how they ate did you,
1: oh, you anything well, stick out to you well, yes, but my take on this is very skewed. So, so like, I, I don't know if I'm being led into like you know Europeans generally stay in better shape. But I was in Amsterdam, um, so like I had five days of like you know it wasn't it wasn't exactly like I want to get on the scale tomorrow kind of, kind of <laughs> trip. Um, yeah. And and the Dutch just like you know chocolate and then like sugar on top of chocolate. So um, and the, Dutch are, <laughs> the Dutch are big and they and they and they overeat and they like and it was, yeah. Are
0: they really? I didn't know that. Well,
1: I don't know about, I shouldn't say overweight. They are big people in general. Um, I always like expect to walk, like, you know, I just see a bunch of lurches or something. It's not that crazy, (laughs) but they they eat and drink a lot and they, and they like, and they really like, like, it's almost like very, um, not much different than what we see really, but it's like very like pastry and and chocolate on pastries and churros Mm -hmm. and um churros you, that
0: doesn't seem very dutch churros. no i don't know i, I don't <laughs> know. well I,
1: it's it's also like it's basically like vegas of, of, of europe
0: oh okay i didn't know um, that
1: so and uh oh yeah like uh it's it's very uh tourism heavy from you know obviously all around the world but um plenty of people in europe but it's also just like a little bit of uh um mayhem in terms of the lights and uh the bar scene and and mm-hmm. uh the way people drink and Dutch people drink like crazy. That like, I don't think any, any, I don't think any Dutch person would be listening to listening to that and be offended by that. So absolutely true. And I was there on a very busy weekend. So um, in terms of the way people eat though, like, I mean, I, like, you know, I've been in, I've been in certain places in North America where it's like no one in the world eats like this, Um, you know, just like all you can eat buffet on top of mm. a buffet. But um. You know, I, like, I probably, like, I probably wasn't in a frame of mind where I was thinking too much about it, which is pretty weird because I'm used <laughs> But um, the one thing I will say about, like, a city like Amsterdam, and, and like, it's very heavy ori- walking-oriented, very biking-oriented. The cars don't rule anything over there. Oh, like, okay. the, 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 bikes, the bikes rule the world. So it's very, um, you know, if we're going to get into, like, you know the science of metabolism and talk about like I think a lot of people think exercise is the way to burn the most calories I mean like you got three to four hours of exercise a week you're not really like doing that much with those three four hours but the hours you spend on your feet or on a bike to get to work like add up like crazy yeah um cities are very walking oriented you hop on the tram you you know you get places and stuff like that and that, that stuff tends to add up quick and I think um you know
0: what's that you know, like in canada i mean here in the us we're very much getting our car and go everywhere kind of people is it the same in canada yeah, like
1: i'm in the suburbs right now it's like it's, it's like i can't go anywhere without getting the car okay. um, which uh, i'm not crazy about but like they, they're trying like in cities like toronto they're, they're doing it in ottawa here too like trying to get more bikes mm-hmm. um creating bike lanes and stuff like it's not like if you were to go to some of the cities in Europe, especially Amsterdam, which is probably like the cat, like the bike capital of the world, really, um, you like they have, um, what is it? They, well, the first time I was there, I was there like ten years ago. They had this like, uh, this big truck contraption thing that goes around the canals. If you can like picture Amsterdam or like Google image it, they got all these canals, and then they've got these trucks, these city trucks, basically that go into the canals and pluck out bikes. Oh, because because bikes are just left everywhere. It's like, it's almost like, just like, like, I'm sure people, like people have their own, but there's also just tons of them that are just like discarded everywhere as hanging on bike locks and you can just grab them. Just grab a bike uh, and, and use it. Them. And I guess when someone gets banged up, they kind of just toss it into the, into the canal. And, you know, they've actually got to deploy dollars to, to, to get the bikes out of the canals. But that's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Like there's no way to duplicate that. There's more cars than, than, uh, than, uh than, uh, there's more, more bikes, bikes and cars. cars.
0: That's crazy. Uber. Yeah. Interesting. So um when you made the transition to working mostly online, I remember I don't know if you talked about this, um, I don't know if you talked about it on your stories or maybe I talked about it you when we were in New York, about the idea that yeah. you're sitting a lot more now. What have you been doing? <laughs> what have you been doing to cause this is something I've been struggling with a lot. I have to work really hard, um, you know, to not get three thousand steps a day <laughs> because that's kind of where they would fall if I wasn't actually Trying. So, what do you
1: do? So, I started walking and working, uh, or walking to, to to the gym more. Um, it's uh, which was like it did something, but it like I was also in a period where I was just super busy. So that like that was almost stressful. The fact that I had to like take extra time to go out and like yeah. you know people people are listening to this. And I was like, ha! It's like yeah, it is hard out there. <laughs> but it's, 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 it's it's true. Like it you know, like, like I'm not like. You know, you look at some people on Instagram where like fitness, like, you know, their life is, um, you know, they make many money off being good at fitness, uh-huh. uh, in a sense that like, like that's their role. Like, I mean, we're talking about these super popular people who their entire day revolves around their workouts mm-hmm. and how they, I mean, like, yeah, like th- that stuff is obviously very important to me, but like, I'm on, like, I'm on a computer answering emails and doing posts and answering comments yeah. all day. Yeah. Like. It's like you start to put yourself in the, in your shoes, your clients, where um, you know you have this excuse that the fifteen minute walk to the gym is like cutting into your time, and mm-hmm. it's like getting stressful and stuff. And it's like it's, it's a real thing. Like I haven't been able to work as, work out as much as I wanted to. It's been down to closer to three days a week, uh, where it's usually four or five. Um, but it's good to have that perspective. But um, the the problem with walking to the walking to the gym now is um, like we. <laughs> Like we get winter like pretty hard up here. Mm-hmm. Um, I can so imagine. Now, like, so I'm looking. It's like it's all white outside right now, and and uh, and now I have to contemplate whether I do that 15 to 20 minute walk to the gym and back, um, uh, in in the snow or start. You know, like yeah, because that stand-up. sounds terrible. And I've I've seen some guys uh, in our in our line of work getting stand up desks, which is probably something I'll do as soon as I leave my parents' place here, um, but. Uh, yeah, like, just try and get up more, like, like, when I was in Toronto, I was probably doing, like, 20 to 25,000 steps a day, and there was probably some days that were more, just running to the subway stop, like, training clients for four or five hours a day, um, you know, I walked everywhere, it was yeah. just, like, I was in the, middle of the city, and then, the, like, the start, like, the contrast when I got here was just, like, all of a sudden, I'm just, like, sitting down all day, and you feel it, Yeah, like it doesn't feel
0: for sure. Yeah. I rigged myself up a standing desk. I got one of those like tray tables that have the adjustable bases that you're supposed to use. Like if you're sitting on the sofa and you can slide it over you to put your laptop on. And so yeah. it has these tall legs. And so I stand that up on my desk so I can stand at it. So that, yeah, that's, how, it's good. It's, it works really yeah. well. I don't do yeah. it all the time. Cause sometimes, you know, I work really late. I get a lot of my work done after my kids go to bed. And sometimes I'm like, it's almost midnight. I kind of want, I want to sit down, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I need to sit. <laughs> so but it, it works so yeah. so chad i had someone submit a couple of questions and ask me specifically to have one of the guests on my podcast address this they wanted to hear a conversation around this and i think you are the right person and so i am going to read you these questions we're going there's two so here's the first one this is in her own words here so i can go along with the calories in calories out camp it's just basic science right so what do we do with anecdotal evidence to the contrary do you believe it's ever more complicated than that? Do you think people can have a harder time because of hormonal balances, PCOS, thyroid issues, thyroid issues, et cetera?
1: What's that yes? You? Uh, okay, well, yeah, it's great. It's a great question. I mean, I feel like I, yeah, I, I, I get I get excited about this question actually. Awesome. Because, like I was I was dating a girl in Toronto for a while, and uh, I think I I I, I reposted something from like it would have been from like Spencer Nadolsky or something like that who talks about this stuff a lot. He's obviously on the medical side of things, mm-hmm. and then she, she sent me a she sent me a message just like you like, really, and she's in naturopath naturopathic medicine, so she sees overweight people that come in in for medical um, uh, explanations for their weight loss problem, even if it's not her thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, mm-hmm. she's like, "Is it really that easy?" Like all the time. And I think where people get caught up is like I'll get people who are like, "No, I have hypothyroid, so calories and calories that doesn't work." like no, no 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 that like that's not true but it is more complicated but i'll like i'll explain why it's still calories and calories out like like when people like calories out calories in calories out sounds simple and i think like the simple explanation part of it is still what most people get wrong mm-hmm. like those two numbers can change like for one i think i made a post on this which um it was probably poorly done and got ex- extremely little play but i thought it was actually valuable but 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 the thing is is like the problem with calories in is um people eat more than they think Mm -hmm. so it's it's regularly inaccurate and like there's varying degrees of inaccurate like i always tell people it's like yeah if you're 100 calories off it's like that's probably not an issue um even if you're like 50 to 100 off on a daily basis it's like that's that's really close to where you need to be, anyways Mm -hmm. and, and we can work with that if you're routinely like like four to a thousand calories off a day, which sounds crazy to anyone listening, but is proven to be pretty common. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like, it could be just like, you know, 1500 calories more than you thought on, on Saturday, like I, I, on a Saturday night, like I will say now I'm rambling. Um, I, I'll <laughs> say like, like I, I've had, I've had clients in the past when I first started where, um, you know, 260 pounds shows me 1600 calories a day, every day and nothing happens. Um and I'm like you know and when I was more when I was less experienced I was much more confused about how to address this. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, when I was really inexperienced, I would have thought they had hypothyroid. Mm. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, It's like, oh, maybe like, geez, like, what's going on? And I wasn't ready to be like, you know, ninety-nine percent of the time, the calories are just off. Um, so they can be off by a lot. And then the problem with the calories out stand uh, stuff is for one, we do, we do overestimate how much we lose. Um, people do make some miscalculations there. But the thing is, calories out can change as well. And it can change because, um, you know, like myself, I went from doing 20,000 plus steps a day to 2,000. So significant changes in lifestyle, like just because like you could move to a different neighborhood and your movement habits change just because of that. Mm-hmm. You take the car because all of a sudden the grocery store is farther or something like that. But you do you think
0: that support. person might still say, but hey, I work out four days a week.
1: Of course, because people overvalue the uh, mm-hmm. calorie calorie burn standpoint of exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, they think like they will do the, they will choose the exercise they do because you know some group class gym said we burn more calories like than this does like right. and that makes you burn more fat. Whereas it's like yeah like maybe you burn twenty four five more calories. It's like wow yeah. Uh, but but the other thing is is the medical side of things. Um, you know if you have hyperthyroid it's not that this stuff is a wash and it doesn't make any sense. It's calories out went down. Like, it's, I'm not so, like, I don't know. I don't want to talk too much about the medical side of things because it's just not my domain. But, you know, it's like, I've I've heard Spencer Ndolski talk about how, like, like, he's pretty, he seems pretty wishy-washy about, like, PCOS in terms of, like, he's like, um, like, it's not that big of a a barrier. Like, it's not like, it's not like it's, like, hyperthyroid I think um PCOS I think like it almost falls into the category that like like I get people like I can't lose weight I have PCOS and I was like I talk to people every day that say they can't lose weight and they have no problem at all so like sometimes I think people who think they have problems like age um you know maybe maybe some of these like medical issues that aren't actually there or are there but aren't that significant you Mm -hmm. talk about menopause which has an impact but isn't that significant mm-hmm. these all do change out um but but there's people who are like, I, like you know i've heard like 27 year olds complain that they're not 21 anymore and complain that they're too old to lose weight oh, or that it's hard now it's like everyone like weight loss is just hard and i think people need to realize that first before they start blaming other things but so i mean to answer the question when i'm going too off topic like calories out calories and calories that always matters but these numbers fluctuate day to day a little bit um and they can change so that always matters Mm -hmm. but it's not as simple as saying like you know one minus two equals minus one um and that's a deficit it's like those numbers can kind of be like on a teeter-totter a little bit Mm -hmm. but you don't want to say that and confuse people too much because um for a lot of people it is actually as simple as like you know one minus two equals minus one, and that's weight loss. Right, right. So,
0: so, um, do you currently have, or have you had clients in the past with PCOS, thyroid issues that have seen success? Um,
1: so I had one. I've had one so far who I'm um like at this point, I'm very certain. Like she had a thyroid problem, and she, the thing is, is she was like, I think she was five four, about one thirty for like confirmed thyroid stuff and it was hard to get her to see a doctor who would look into it as deep as i thought they should um she actually talked to spencer he was too busy but um of course but like um i've had i had someone i worked with very briefly who i was like um and there was like like uh, i don't know if we'll go off topic here but like it was just like it was a situation where like i actually had a 62 year old woman recently who um, you know, at 125, couldn't explain some recent weight gain. And she was like, she was 62, and like, like four, four to five times a week CrossFit. Um, she was in shape like crazy, but had this 10 pounds she couldn't lose. And in my mind, I'm kind of just like, why do we need to lose 10 pounds? Like, what, what's why? Um, like she was in ridiculous shape for a 62 year old. She was in really ridiculous shape for anyone. Um, and then I asked her about her thyroid because it had been a problem. And she said, like, you know, all her numbers come back normal. And I'm like, well, that doesn't always mean anything. And sometimes doctors don't look too deep into it. Um, however, I've had like, you know, enough, like, hyperthyroid isn't that rare. Um, I think the situations where it's really managed or it's not being managed properly are a little bit more rare because there's a ton of people that are just like, they've got medication for it and it goes fine. Um, but, uh. But I, but what I see a lot of times is like, I think situations where, um, like I was talking about before, I think people think they have problems that they don't actually have and yeah. weight loss is actually challenging.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really big part of it. I think that yeah. um, so many people blame the fact that they can't lose weight on all of these kinds of things when yeah. they're one, not even medically diagnosed or two, they are and their numbers are under control, but they still have it stuck in their mind that they can't and um, they can. And I think, you know, and same thing with menopause, people are like, that's why I can't lose weight. And so when we get these things stuck in our head, yeah. we, we miss the fact that we're not losing weight because it's just hard. It's just yeah. hard. And we're not, we haven't quite gotten it dialed in yet.
1: Yeah. Like when I was 22 years old or, you know, 24 or something, I probably like, I definitely went through a period where, uh, like I was searching the astropaths and trying to find out whether I had hormonal reasons for not being able to lose fat. Meanwhile, I regularly ate full plates of nachos on Saturday night with beers. So yeah. it's like, you know, and it's like, <laughs> but no, it wasn't that, <laughs> but, but, but Monday to, but it's like, it's like, you forget. And you're not. Yeah. It, and, and we, we coddle ourselves and like, and, and I say I coddle myself just so I don't look like I'm pointing the finger at people being like, you're too easy on yourself. It's like, we're human. We do that. We, 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 we comfort ourselves. We try and make ourselves right. Like I always tell people when they go to a restaurant and you've got like I don't know, say you have 600 600 calories left on the day. That meal you go eat at the restaurant, you're going to estimate 600 calories just to make like, and you're not consciously just trying to make yourself feel right, but you're kind of unconsciously just trying to make yourself feel right. Because if you had a thousand calories left, you'd probably estimate that same same meal a thousand calories. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, it's it's all just like, and if you like, you know, if you read into like, uh, um, you know, behavioral psychology and all this mind stuff, it's like, you just see how like, how humans are prone to doing this to yeah. make themselves feel right rather than sit there like take the extra second, slow down, and be like, "Wait a second, like is that actually true, or is like <laughs> like did I actually just say I only ate a hundred like a couple of extra hundred calories when mm-hmm. it was actually fifteen like hundred because usually it's fifteen hundred yeah."
0: I totally agree. All right, here's the second question from this woman. So she mentions this person she knows and says, this person has been doing reverse dieting and going up from 1,800 calories to 2,300 calories while her weight has remained stable at 120 pounds. She did a ton of resistance training before. She's doing a ton of resistance training now. Is she suddenly burning 500 more calories a day or has eating more changed her metabolism so she's burning more?
1: Uh, I'm just trying to figure out if I need more answers. Like she... She was dieting on eighteen hundred.
0: Well, see, and that's what she doesn't say. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking you okay. could, like if she was diet, was she at, was she in a deficit? You know, that's how I'm taking it that she was dieting.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah. So, well, there, a couple things will happen. Like when you when you raise calories, chances are there, there's a little bit more energy in your body. Um, who did I listen to? It was, uh, uh shoot, someone. Uh, someone anyway someone people that know his name but he he was talking about a period where he was severely dieting and he was shooting a video for like you know on youtube or something and he could visibly tell his um the rate like the speed at which he blinked his eyes and his movements were all slowed down so that's the body's compensation effect to burn less calories while you're on a, mm-hmm. or while you're on a deficit like and the more more of a deficit you know, the the more the body will slow you down you will unconsciously sit down more move slower, um, fidget less, all this stuff that people think doesn't sound like it would make a big deal. If it's continuous over your entire day, week to week, mm-hmm. it's actually pretty significant. Probably more, more like it probably makes a bigger calorie difference difference than the amount you exercise. Um, so that plays into it. Like if you go from 1800 to 23, there's a pretty good chance you just start up burning calories because all of a sudden your body's not compensating downward that way. There's a good chance that like, let's say, um, let's say they were doing 1800 calories and they weren't losing weight. There's a good chance there was just some reporting error in there. Um, maybe they had been dieting for a while and all of a sudden, like they were actually on 1800 calories for five days a week, but there was a couple of days there where they were kind of estimating and they were reporting 1800 calories or something like that, but yeah. it was actually a little bit higher. And then like, like they may actually find that they're at the, by the end of their diet or something, when it stopped working instead of like, they they thought they were doing 1800, but at the end of the week, it averaged out to closer to 23. So they, they like they, a daily basis. But on the on the weekly average, it may not have been that different. That's also totally possible.
0: Yeah. Uh, and I think that's really common. And I think it's something people see. And they're convinced that um, the reason they're not losing weight is because they're eating too few calories, because you know, they've seen this happen that so and so increased their calories. And that's when they started losing. And what they're not realizing is what you just said is that person was really not necessarily able to comply with the 1200 calories they thought they were on but when they raised them up to 1600 they were actually hitting 1600 and they were you know and people don't see that piece of it yeah and think it's it's all very mysterious
1: yeah like it plays into um you know when people experience weight loss plateaus like all of a sudden like like the first thing I tell people when they when they have a plateau and I really like I don't I don't like the word plateau because I think it's just totally misleading. Like your body just stopped. Like it was, it it implies that what was working before doesn't work anymore. Mm. Um, and I think a lot of times, like the first thing you do when, when, when progress stalls or something isn't happening when you think it should, is to get really serious about asking yourself, are you actually following it as much as you think? So this plays into the idea that like, you know, all of a sudden 1800 calories doesn't work anymore because maybe you're actually in like 21 or 22 or closer to 23. Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, that plays into a lot of, you know, you know, when you experience a plateau or something like that. But um, yeah, like, I think those are the two big ones. Yeah. There's probably more, more, more unconscious movements. And uh, they're, they're probably just like, they're probably not eating that as different a calories at the end of the day that they they actually thought.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. The other possibility from when i are reading this is, well, she was dieting. And now you say she's maintaining her weight. So she's not gaining weight because she's at maintenance. And I think this person yeah. wasn't thinking about the fact that she went from dieting to maintaining and that's why she's able to maintain her weight. Cause she's, she's eating at maintenance.
1: So also, yeah. And also, yeah. The, the other thing to take into account here is like, if she like, how much did she weigh? 120 pounds?
0: 120.
1: Yep. Sure okay. So like the average person who's at 120 20 pounds is probably in a deficit, like is probably in a surplus of 2,300. Um, Like, that's i mean that's pretty high calories like but that's probably a frightening amount and like in the minds of like the average 125 mm-hmm. person that's listening to this right now it's like they're like holy crap 2300 calories i could never imagine that's that's what i used to eat when i was like 160 pounds and i lost i lost 40 it's like no you didn't track when you were 160 thousand <laughs> 1, calories a day it's like yeah you know it's like that, that's but people so people are really really kind of like People are, people are a little bit weird about what they need to eat to lose weight. They often go too low, mm-hmm. but they kind of, I think in a lot of cases, they know they're going really low. Mm-hmm. Like they, they, they haven't like that calorie cal- calorie counter said I could eat, lose weight at 1700, but that never works really well. So I'm going to eat 12. Yeah. It's like people kind of know they're going below when it comes to eating in a surplus. People are, um, they're shooting in the dark because for one, they've never tracked a maintenance or surplus. Mm-hmm. So They think, they think when they, when they, like, I I asked, this is actually a really good example. I asked people on a, on a story recently that they came back with some really interesting, um, like I guess data, um, it was, if someone's losing two pounds a week and, uh, all of a sudden you increase their calories by 300, theoretically, let's just say like 300 on the dot, you increase their calories. Do they keep losing weight or do they go to maintenance or gaining weight? 73% 73% of people thought they were maintaining or gaining their weight at that point. And then you go through the math for people and be like, if someone's losing two pounds a week, it implies a deficit of a thousand calories yeah. a day. So 7,000 calories a week, 35, like people, pe- a lot of people have heard the 3,500 calorie rule for losing a pound a week. Mm-hmm. That's a little bit finicky to get caught up with, like as if it's like, yeah, you're going to lose a pound exactly a week. It's like, it's not going to work like that, but theoretically, it's a good number to use. Um, so 7,000 calories a week. Or 1,000 calories a day to lose two pounds a week, um, which the average, like a 140 pound person, shouldn't bother with because that means you're gonna have to eat, like, you know, 800 calories a day. Right. But, anyways, um, you, you add 300 calories left, they're in a deficit of 700 calories a day. They're Instead of losing two pounds a week, they're now losing a pound and a half a week, yeah. which is still fast so that so most people think they're gaining or maintaining their weight at that point they're actually lo- still losing weight fast yeah so people have a very very incorrect way to un- a perspective of how to understand what a lot of calories is because the average person that's been 50 pounds overweight ha- like has absolutely like like and the, and this is proven they, they have very little clue how much they were actually eating before so people think that 2300 calories like like who knows this question might have come from someone who who whose friend was at 2300 calories for five days yeah like oh my god my weight's (laughs) maintained it's like yeah it's been five days and you're on a calorie surplus surplus of like 300 yeah it's like like wait a month and you might gain two pounds and if you're training maybe a lot of that'll be muscle Mm -hmm. which is a good thing yeah but it's like yeah go to 3000 and like you know, now your weight's not maintaining. Now you'll actually see some weight gain on a pretty week-to-week basis. But 2,300 calories for a 120-pound woman, um, especially if they're being health-conscious and eating the right foods, mm-hmm. it's like, that'll be filling. You'll have hard time doing it because you'll be, like, you know, eating vegetables and stuff like that. Yeah, And uh it's not that much.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, Chad, do most of your clients or what percentage of them uh, track their calories? Do all of them?
1: Um... <sighs> Yes. There, I would say the way I'd put it is um, everyone's has an expectation to do it at least for like a three to four month period. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if we want to get away from it, we can, there's different things we can do. The longer I've spent with someone, the more I know about them, the more I can gauge, the more I can help them, like, and maybe in terms of like habits and, you know, knowing what they do on a daily basis, knowing what their life is like. I've taken on some clients with, uh, without tracking. I, I I've heard so many arguments against like, yeah, we can do things without tracking. I'm like, yeah, you know what? That's true. It's like, it's not like the fact that like, you know, you don't count how much you spend doesn't mean like, um, you know, you can save money without actually tracking it. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? You don't track, but when you're like, when you're starting out and you have a problem and you've never gotten this right and you're working with someone else and they don't know you that well to start. um, I just don't see why you would do it any other Mm way. Um, And I like And I've had people who like have tracking accuracy issues. Like, um, I was gonna use a baseball analogy. It may not be like it's like it's like if someone's poor at bunting, they're not gonna be a good hitter. It's like it's like that's the easy one. But people want to skip the bunting so that they can like swing the bat. It's like if you can't track your calories with a scale and and pay attention, Uh how are you gonna do it? Like when you're basically blindfolded. Yeah. You know, so I think, like, when some like, I've seen clients who routinely, and I can tell right away, because it's, like, you know, if you're 50 pounds overweight, it's, like, there's a pretty massive, um, you know, space in which you can lose weight. It's, like, there's no such thing as eating too little, technically, mm-hmm. as long as you're actually following it. Um, I'm not telling people to go eat 200 calories a day. Like, that's right. probably not good. <laughs> but, um, but. Like if someone can't track accurately that way, I'm like, I have like, like what makes me think that we're gonna track accurate? Like you're gonna put the calories in the right place when I'm giving you relatively vague guidelines. Mm-hmm. The same way, yeah. if someone was driving somewhere where they haven't been before, why would you take a map? And like, what like why would you just use landmarks if you had a map available? Yeah. You know, Turn, turn right at the pizza pizza or like <laughs> even where like turn right at the Starbucks. It's like, Yeah, like, exactly. Starbucks at every corner. Good luck. Like, you know? So it's like, and, and that's the, the analogy I always use with people. It's like, it's like, like, like to, to get people on board with the idea of tracking. Um, cause I've gotten, um, very stern about the fact that like let's not make any excuses this is probably what you need to do mm-hmm. um and it's it's the map analogy it's like if, if you haven't been somewhere before you probably want to put up with the put up with the annoyance of pulling out a map and or like you know or or even worse <laughs> looking at your maps app while you're while you're driving on the phone but yeah. <laughs> terrible but you know i think it's um, a
0: really good analogy you know, I love when I start working with a client and I start getting like the, the the excited messages. Like, well, not excited. They're like horrified when they realize how many calories is in such and such an item that they had no idea, because most people have no idea about the calorie content of food. They just don't yeah. know.
1: Yeah, like I had a client who's 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 had some trouble in in, in like the recent weeks um, when we we've recently just started, and um she sent me like she sent me a good day, She's pumped about it, like, and like, I I told her, like, list it all, like, show me what you ate yesterday, the structure was great, was just good, Um, however, like, I had some questions about where she put her calories, I think she said she ate 1300, which was lower than what I wanted to, which I don't stop people from doing, Mm -hmm. I just make a point, like, I'm like, you don't have to do this, Um, but if you feel okay, I'm like, let's see what happens, but um, she like had one meal that was like three hundred and fifty calories, it was like a hundred grams of chicken, and like um there was like, you know, a dressing, and then there was some yogurt in that dressing, but then there was two tablespoons of rice bran oil. Um and uh what else? There was there was like a couple other things. And so the meal came out to three hundred and thirty calories. And I was like, Hey, well two tablespoons of rice bran oil alone is two forty. Yeah, and I'm pretty yeah. sure she missed that entirely. Mm-hmm. Um so you know, and, like, finding a good way to, like, because, you, you know, you point to, like, you're on you're on an email with someone. You're, like, going to point the finger and be like, you're wrong. You're it's, wrong. Like, <laughs> it's, like, fast way to lose someone uh, by <laughs> making them feel like they're stupid. But, like, it's, like, finding a soft way for people to realize it's, like, oh. And, like, like I try and come at it from a standpoint of empowerment where it's, like, at least you just found the problem. Or, like, at least gave an indication that this is why things haven't been happening for you because you routine like you know you routinely do things like you know you, you say maybe zero to 100 calories for something like oil whereas it could be you know two 240 and that in the grand scheme of things that may not be like you know in a matter of one meal that may not be a huge difference but repeatedly mm-hmm. um, it's it's the could be the difference between uh progress and no progress
0: yeah well in combination with all the other things throughout the day that are like Absolutely. that
1: yeah and that, that's and the, like it, like realistically, if like if, you know, if someone is actually like carrying a lot of extra weight, you could pre- you, you can make a pretty good assumption that like that that little mistake was probably a little mistake compared to some of the other ones that come mm-hmm. along the way. Yeah,
0: for sure. So I notice on um, in your bio on Instagram, your tagline right. says making fitness simple for you. So yeah. that's definitely one of the things that drives me as well. I mean, the name of my podcast is the fitness simplified podcast. <laughs> so uh, it's something that I'm really passionate about. Cause I don't feel like it has to be this big, complicated, mysterious thing. Um, it shouldn't be. And so hit on a couple of, of good points here for us, Chad, what are things you do with your clients to make fitness simpler?
1: Oh, what do I do with clients to make it? Well, I mean, hmm, this is a good question. Um, I love that. <laughs> so, I mean, like, I, I do a lot of shorter workouts with clients. I think I lot I come from a lot of people that like uh, they have histories of like doing a lot of exercises. Um, they, you know, hour and a half long workouts and that type of things. And I like, you know, I had a client start the other day, and they were like, you know, that was that was easy. Like it was their first workout. It was like that was easy. Um, I wasn't sweating or panting. Um, like, is this a problem? Like, can you talk me out of thinking this is a problem? <laughs> and I'm just like, all you're going to do is get in, the, get in the gym on it. Uh, like next time, next time you're just going to go in the gym. And I looked at the numbers they showed me for the exercises they did. I'm like, you're just going to add a little bit of, bit of weight. And I was like, my hope is you come out of that one and it's still easy. Um, and then next time you're going to add weight again. And like, you know, in about four to eight weeks, you're going to start to realize this isn't easy anymore, yeah. but you're start to feel results that, you, that, um, that you didn't get before. So, I mean, I don't know if, the like, I'm definitely a strength over um sweat person, and I like mm-hmm. I've gotten to the point where like, I, I like I talk, I don't want to use any names here, but I will Orange Theory. Um, <laughs> I have got a lot of people from Orange Theory, and like I, I always make the point not to insult what people have done exercise wise. It's like, yeah, that's stupid. Why are we doing that? It, no, but I always make the point that like, um, like, were you getting results? No. And I was like, okay, okay, well, here's why. It's like, you're consistently, seemingly using the same 10-pound weights for everything you do, mm-hmm. and there's no actual progression. But uh, simplifying, like, this is the way I talk to people, um, I, and I think, like, it's a contrast between what the industry does. I thought you were going to lead me into another capitalism talk. Um, <laughs> but I think, we like, we I can already, do that if you want. What I've said before, and I think it hits home... Um, for people is the more complicated someone makes it seem, the more they're just trying to take your money because like, because this isn't a complicated process. It's just challenging. Um, and what happens for the people that are just interested in your money is they flip the script. They say it's easy, but it's complicated. So it's easy just take this pill. It's easy just do this, this workout. Um, it's easy to just do this 10 minutes workout or, I mean, you know, something like that. Um, but it's actually complicated. We just have the formula for you. And, you know, 1999, two installments and you got it. Yeah. Um, happens. But and realistically, if you're listening to someone say, you No, know, no, this is actually pretty simple. Like you kind of just have to go in and, you know, do the squat properly and start with five pounds and then go in and do, do 10 pounds. And then again, and that sounds kind of boring and simple, um, but like wait until you've got a 50 pound weight in three months from now. And all of a sudden, you're like, okay, well, this is actually challenging, but it's still simple. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, and and it, like that, like I think that flips the script. Is is kind of, you know, what it all, what it all boils down to. Um, you know, obviously, there's some nuances in the way, I, like, in the way I coach and the way people should coach. And that, like, you know, if people might find it simple if you give them a meal plan. Um, I definitely get away from that as much as I can. But it's like someone shows me what they're doing and I don't want to overhaul it. I just want to be like, hey, well, uh, how do I explain this? Because like, the idea that someone can eat relatively poorly and lose the weight they need could be just what they need to do early on. Mm-hmm. And like you don't want them thinking too much about all the different stuff. Like trying to z- have them zero in on one thing is important. That's probably what I should have said right from the start. Um, <laughs> it's just talk it out chad talk it out jesus it's just just think about like what are the one or two things you you can do um focus on the big aspects like if you like like i I constantly tell people there is literally like two or three things that we have to get right and really one thing which is like for, for for a fat loss client or a weight loss client the thing that you have to get right is calories in, calories out and like the other stuff can optimize it but it's like strength training and protein are two other factors that are important but they're not like even they don't even approach uh the level of importance of calories and obviously there's some confusion about how to control calories and yeah like if you do have a chocolate bar maybe your adherence goes down later because you want another chocolate bar and you Mm -hmm. can't it back but all i say is as long as we can put the calories in the right spot we're fine and like if we can just stop worrying about everything else like the fact that you slept five hours a night didn't just destroy your metabolism right. or, or all this stuff. There is some nuance to, like, the idea that, um, like, I think, like, when we start talking about all these things that can, can confuse things, uh, like medical issues or, uh, you know, like, what does eating the chocolate bar do? Nothing, as long as you don't eat more. Mm-hmm. but i think the the problem that people struggles with like i said before about like the calories in calories out aspect is yeah we can confuse that we can confuse that equation all we want but s- most people who aren't getting where they want to go are still missing the simple part of that equation in that they're just eating way more than they think
0: yeah yeah so, so i saw a quote from martin mcdonald from mac nutrition just this yeah. morning yeah. i don't know if you saw it it said weight loss is as simple as calories in versus calories out it's just that calories in versus calories out isn't that simple and I think it's so true. It's hard to, it's hard to get those numbers, right? It's yeah. not, it always comes down to that, but it's hard in reality to do it day in and day out.
1: Yeah. And the I, execution. It, it's it's exactly right. And like, it's it's funny because I would have read something like that five or six years ago, or maybe like longer than that. When, like when I wasn't like in the industry and I would have been totally confused by that, like to a point that it would have been like frustrating. Like it's like, oh, it's as easy as calories in calories out, but wait a second it's but calories out and calories out is confusing. And I probably wouldn't have known how to understand what they mean by that. Um, and uh, I mean, like, you know, if anyone was listening and confused by that, it just, just means it's hard to put those numbers in the right place. And they, they mm-hmm. are fluctuating a little, but you know, as long as you're being very, very honest about how much you're actually eating, like, and especially on like Fridays and Saturdays, and you do underestimate that you do acknowledge the more you estimate, the more you're probably wrong. Um, the more like yeah. you know the more realistic you get about getting the stuff right. Like, yeah,
0: totally agree. Well, this has been a super helpful conversation, Chad. I think people are <laughs> going to really benefit from it. I've got a couple of more fun questions for you. not letting you off quite yet. We're going cool. do our, I'm going to do my speed round with you. Are you ready? Perfect. All right. this or that, city or country
1: uh, s- city now, maybe country later.
0: okay white bread or wheat bread uh
1: you know I'll go wheat
0: yeah yeah I'm I'm solidly white (laughs) which which do you like more dinner or dessert uh dinner actual books or audiobooks
1: uh actual for sure
0: I love them too but I don't have time for them I'm finding myself doing audiobooks now when I like drive and when I do dishes and stuff like that I would love to sit with a book I'm, right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> video games or board games um or who has time for games <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
1: good one. Uh, video for sure yeah
0: yeah do you, have, do you have a favorite
1: um oh man uh I haven't played video games in a long time so I was like a big hockey guy obviously being the Canadian over here but uh in high school it was like like, like grand theft auto and stuff oh, like okay. that uh, but zelda as a kid yeah big time.
0: i'm gonna show my age here but literally the only video game i like is miss pac-man and pac-man <laughs> <All>
1: right, <awesome. laughs> that's it well, say Pong. Pong.
0: okay i was actually alive when Pong was invented my family got that
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, <awesome.
0: laughs> all right home or travel
1: uh oh uh shit um I just came off five like, – home right now. Yeah. just came five weeks being away. That was stressful. You know, it's funny.
0: I like both of those too, but I can't do either one for too long.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: All right. So what is a non-fitness-related hobby that you have? Um, no fitness, no sports.
1: Jesus. These days? my like, God. It's like <laughs> – like, <it's> like, <laughs> dust, dust, dust. If you had time. Um, if you had time. If I – it would be um, – Sports, I guess, falls under fitness. Yeah, can't be sports. Um, I mean, reading. That's probably, like, if I get frustrated about not having um, enough time, it's usually because I don't get to read as much as I want to. Yeah. What's
0: your favorite exercise?
1: I – actually, this is going going off the board here, like, uh, single-leg Romanian deadlift.
0: Okay, those are good. Those are hard.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay, what's your least favorite exercise?
1: Uh – uh, what's my least favorite extra? Like one I actually hate because I think it sucks. Yeah. Like, well,
0: no, like that, you know, it's still one, good. One, like it's effective, it. but you hate it because it's so one hard. I hate
1: doing it. Yeah. Pro- probably like anything like reps above 12 yeah. um, or, or chin-ups and like chin-ups are great. Like I do them twice a week, but yeah. um, just like frustratingly challenging to, to, yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. If you could only eat one food for the rest of your life, what would you pick?
1: Uh, what food? Jeez. Uh, well, I mean, like, <laughs> not to rile up any uh, plant-based diet. Probably a steak.
0: Probably a steak. Yeah. What do you think you are worst at?
1: Uh, organ <laughs> organization. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think you're? Uh, what do you think um, you're best at? Um, like empathy communication. That's a good thing
0: to be good at that way. Trump's organization every day. Yes, that's right. It's good that those two aren't switched.
1: <laughs> I thought, th- I thought this call was at 1130.
0: Oh gosh. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Well, here's a secret for you. I'm terrible with time. So maybe it was. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't
0: Okay. Oh, okay. So I was right. All right. All right. What is your, what is a favorite word of yours?
1: Um, a favorite word My favorite
0: Jesus. word um, this always stumps people why you think i'll tell you a new favorite word of mine and actually did you say you were were you in denmark i think this word is danish
1: i, I was in a hall i was in yeah oh, okay
0: i think this word is danish have you ever heard of the word hygge? hygge i think it's spelled h-y-g-g-e and it means cozy and comforting it's not even a word we really have in english and um I went to see a play on Broadway and there was a whole musical song about like explaining this cozy feeling called hygge. And I really like it kind of cause it's fun to say and kind
1: of cause I like the idea of cozy. I think it's like, it's like, it's like you just stalled to give me time to come up with an answer, but I'm like, <laughs> like
0: I still don't have one. <laughs> and, and I, I'm just, I'm just
1: going to go with oh, shit. That's your favorite word. <laughs> you yeah.
0: Okay. Cause now I've just dumped you. All right. Any, any yeah. interesting projects in the works? what do you have coming
1: up? No, I, I wish it, I've, I've actually like in the process of figuring out what I want to do next. Cause there does have to be something. My, my client load is relatively full at all times right now. So it's basically just um, I th- I thought about doing like a group coaching thing okay. or even something more towards beginners, um, whether it's a course or like a 12 week thing or something like that. Um, cool. That's kind of like where I'm, thinking because i just get a lot of people who are interested you know at home workout stuff Mm -hmm. and uh, or just beginners who are like you're scared to go to the gym and Mm -hmm. i put out a poll once on 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 my stories i'm like would you be less scared to go to the gym if you had an idea of what you were doing when you were there um so i just wanted to think of something where i could get a bunch of people together to you know it's not like you're going to the gym with people necessarily but you're in a support group where you're kind of learning what you're doing at the gym. So that you have a better clue? And, um, Chad, I, I love that. I love that. And how to do the movements and stuff like that. And that's something like, I think I can address. Well, um, it's just a matter of finding the time to make the content. Yeah. And, uh, what a fantastic um, idea.
0: You should yeah. do that.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. So where can, where can people find you?
1: Um, for the most part uh instagram um it is what is it at chad hargrove one uh or ch- is is there even an at symbol on instagram i don't even know um, i shouldn't i think uh, so hargrove. right yeah i don't yeah, know yeah @hardgrove hargrove <laughs> <Chad> one <Hargrove1 laughs> is where i'm at that's where most of the stuff you can dm me or uh, anything like that and I, I get back to pretty much everything uh-huh. um or chat at chad is is email and you send me an email if you want but um chat at chad is the website um, and actually, future projects will probably I actually update that uh, that website.
0: Awesome. Well, thank <laughs> you so so much for yeah. being here, Chad. I really appreciate it. It was good talking.
1: That no, was fun. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. All
0: right, catch you later. See ya. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Fitness Simplified podcast. I truly appreciate you being here. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love it if you would leave me a review and a five-star rating if you feel it deserves that. Also, if there are any guests you would like to hear me interview, or if there are any topics you'd really like covered, leave those in the comments as well. I will see you next time on the Fitness Simplified Podcast.